Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. My name is Dan Koch. Like many of you, I've been on a complicated faith journey for a number of years now. And while I tend to find myself on the progressive side of Christianity, my goal is not to make liberal converts. I want this show to be a resource for Christians to my right and to my left, as well as former Christians and non-religious folks, anyone who finds themselves asking difficult questions about God, science, prayer, fate, suffering, evangelism, and more. So many of us have been given bad answers to those good questions, often by people with pure intentions. I want to say that you have permission to take both Christianity and the modern world very seriously. And I hope to facilitate that by introducing you to people seeking God across the Christian spectrum, engaging hard questions in a multitude of ways. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. It's Dan here. I am here with my good friend, Matt Wright. Hi, Matt. Hello. And my good friend, Kristen Tideman, media and marketing guru for You Have Permission. Oh, woohoo. <laughs> and we're trying something uh, quite experimental here. This is the whole version of this is going to be on the Patreon feed, but we're going to put the first half on the main feed. So I'm addressing everybody right now. We are, you know, one of the fun things we get to do with the Patreon feed is we get to take some swings occasionally because, you know, there's just like a little bit more room to try things. And one of the things that I have been wanting to try more of is responding um, directly to like popular media. So I really, really enjoyed doing the shiny, happy people uh, miniseries response thing that was considerably more down the pipe topically. Oh, yes, I would agree. <laughs> For you have permission, then is today's uh, subject matter. I think you should leave the comedy sketch show on Netflix. However, Matt, you know, through some conversations with Matt, I'll introduce him in a second. We we kind of talked about there might be something here for this show. I'll just say this. So I let me give a little brief explanation of I think you should leave. Tim Robinson is a American comedian sketch writer and actor. He was formerly uh, on the cast of Saturday Night Live. I think mo mainly as a writer, but he also was he appeared in a like a handful of sketches as a writer that you can find. Yeah, there's a couple. My favorite one is maybe the where he, it's him and his brother and they are fictionally writing this the NFL on Fox or whatever no, it's it is. The NBA theme song NBA, the NBA with Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, with Jason it's amazing. <laughs> And it has words. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ba, 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 basketball, gimme, gimme, gimme the ball because I'm gonna dunk it! Ba, 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 basketball, gimme, gimme. Uh anyway, so we're gonna try not to just like laugh this whole episode as well, by the way. We're not we're gonna we are going to talk some substance, but I also will be playing uh, some audio clips. I think that's great. Uh, of some of the sketches that we are talking about. So you will get to uh, kind of laugh along a little bit. If you haven't seen the show, 
you can, we're only going to talk today about season one. Now that sounds like a lot of television, but season one is I think maximum 90 minutes total. It's a mm-hmm. very short show. Episodes are like 15 minutes long. And I think there's six episodes. So if you wanted to, you could like, if people have told you to watch this show and you haven't watched it yet, like this now is your time. Pause this, watch it, and then come back and listen to us talk about it. I will say for myself, it is my favorite comedy film or TV show to have been released at least since 2007, 2008. Like, I I don't yet know. You think easy? Yeah, I, I can't. I can't think of anything to top it. When I think about like forgetting Sarah Marshall and Anchorman and like being, I don't know, like a 24 year old, like there's something I, I'm just not sure I can quite like put those darlings to bed just yet. But other, like that's the first, that's the soonest that I think there might be something as good as this show. Yeah. And I will say one of the things that makes the show particularly unique for me is that it just, it lives in my brain. Absolutely. Where, whereas there, I mean, those films are amazing you're talking about, but they haven't done quite the same spiral in my head. Yeah. And I think that's, I don't know, it's very unique to this show. I mean, probably, and this is kind of giving my age here, but like really it probably is my favorite comedy thing since like the Big Lebowski. Mm -hmm. And it kind of plays a role now around 40, but through my thirties that the big Lebowski has played, especially like in my college and early touring years <laughs> where it's like, you're just quoting it all the time. Mm-hmm. You can get into that kind of rhythm with friends, like college roommates, whatever. I think this show has really kind of taken that spot for a lot of people and a lot of my friends. Now, Kristen, you had never seen it before, right? I was going to say, a lot of people, excluding me. <laughs> but I was so surprised that you hadn't seen it because it di- it does seem up your alley comedic-wise. Well, I think that's a compliment, and it I is. appreciate it. I guess as much as I love to laugh, I don't watch, I don't watch a lot of comedy media. I watch a lot of... I watch a lot of live comedy and I listen to a lot of comedy-esque podcasts. Yeah. But I'm not usually like, let me sit down and see what the sketch show is all about. But you, just, so this I don't is, know why. you just watched it like recently. Did I just time. finish it 10 minutes ago? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. This is such a gift. I know. Right. It's great. I Yeah. I love it. Uh, Matt, how many times do you think you've seen, like, pick the median episode or the median sketch from season one? I think my I'm probably at about 12 to 15 views, maybe, for, for like, maybe five for the less, the ones I like less, yeah. and 25 for the ones I like more. First time I watched this show, I had just, it, you know, Netflix marketed to me. They were just like, yeah. here's a trailer. I watched on an airplane. It blew our mind and since then i've showed it to a bunch of people and i've probably seen episode five of season one 30 times yeah we play it for if anybody is visiting our home and it gets into the evening and you know we're maybe a little talked out which you know happens as you get older especially you have kids and stuff this is the go-to move like if they haven't seen i think you should leave we Mm -hmm. start it with them at episode one yeah and like they (laughs) almost everyone becomes hooked and then we have friends for whom, okay, it's late. Like 
well, we'll just, let's just fire up season three again Please. or season two again. That yes. just becomes like a normal thing. I think you should stay. It is. We should watch. I yeah. think you should leave. <laughs> I was going to say, I think it's funny. Is it like people are trying to figure out if you're giving them a subtle hint or something like that? <laughs> oh, yeah, with the title. Um, let me yeah. introduce Matt really quick because I haven't done that yet. So Matt Wright, you're a musician. We became friends through your musical exploits. You, at the time, you were playing, I guess I met you through Tyson Motzenbacher. Correct. And you were in his band. Mm-hmm. And you also play in other bands. Now you and Tyson and John Van Dusen have the band Telephone Friends. You're in that band as well. Fantastic yes. album. You play with other artists. You live in the San Diego area. Anything else? We And you no, now I, are you dating our housemate. So we get to see you even more true. than we used to get to see you. And that's one of the evenings that you were here and we were watching this. You were like, Dan, I have some serious thoughts about this show that get <laughs> into like existential, psychological, theological territory. And I was like... Sign me up. That was the day. I was like, all right, I don't know how this is going to go, but we're going to try because this is like my We've favorite gotta thing. We've got to take a swing. We're going to take a swing. So that's why we're here. And then I thought, I want Kristen in on this. And I thought, surely she's seen this because, Kristen, you are one of the funniest people I know. And this is the funniest oh. show I know. But you didn't know anything about it. So you're coming in. Just, so just you watched every episode once. Is that where we're at? Or did you double dip at all? I watched every episode in season one once. And accidentally saw in season three because I thought it was season one. Okay, yeah. Great. <laughs> Netflix is kind of unclear was, that way sometimes. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna we're gonna limit our conversation to season one today. If this for some reason goes great, <laughs> then we might do seasons two and three in their own episodes. Please tell me what you think. Like leave a comment on the Patreon post or in Facebook group or shoot us an email, uh, you have permission podcast at gmail.com and let us know like what you want more of, if you want a different show. I mean, this, we're just, Kristen, what, say say a little bit, Kristen, I'm going to put you on the spot about like, because you're one of the people who's been arguing for me to do more stuff like this, like responding to stuff that exists. What, what do you think the, what do you think the benefit is there? Like why, what are we aiming for here? Yeah. So, you know, when something <laughs> happens in culture, which uh, includes me- media's in there in the mix, and a lot of people are reacting to it. You've got something; it's like something to circle around, and you're able to engage with it. And yeah. it's funny. I I'm a big uh, I'm a big article reader. Once I watch a movie, where I'm like, let me let me dig in. Totally. And sometimes, yeah. yeah, and it helps you get even more out of it, or just get a feel for what other people are saying. And uh, yeah, I I feel like this is one of those things. You were right, Dan. Even if you don't see it, like I knew what it was. I saw all the memes about it nonstop. Oh, it's super like, memeified. That that's the yeah. thing. That is very like, true. Like uh, if you've seen the one, it's like you know my toddler when I ask him if he took a cookie, and he's like, I didn't do fucking shit. <laughs> that's I think you should leave. What are the other bit? What are the other big memes you might have seen? Even even if you haven't seen the show. Well. An episode I haven't seen is the one of, but like a meme I've seen is one where he's driving, but he doesn't know how to drive. Oh yes, I don't know. Yeah, don't you know how to drive? No, I don't. Yeah, not everybody <laughs> knows how to do everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, 50 burgers, 55 shakes, 55 fries. That one gets in there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what was the one you were saying, Kristen? 
You sure about that? Oh, yeah. You, you sure? sure about that's not why? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that, anyway, people are already like, oh, yeah, okay, I've maybe, I've maybe seen some of these memes. I agree with your point, Kristen, and I think that there is, it's something that I want to be doing more of is like, if there is some common point of reference that people are already interested in, you know, just sort of organically interested. Like it's, it's a, it's a thing that they and their friends are talking about. It's in the news, maybe whatever. Like that's actually a good way for people to learn things. It's like a, it's like good timing to try out alternative perspectives. Cause you're already kind of invested. So that's like maybe a little bit behind the curtain, but one of the things I'm often thinking about is like, what's the most effective way for people to like have something that might be helpful to them, whether that's learning something new that might help them or just, yeah, a different perspective. And it's kind of like a strike while the iron's hot thing. This is not news, mm. but it is, I mean, in my circles, it is the most popular comedy thing in, in years and years and years. I, I think we might find that, that my circle is not the circle of listeners. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's not like Yellowstone or whatever, which <laughs> is like, you know, dwarfs all the like mm-hmm. kind of coastal hipster shows in terms of viewership. But Anyway, here we are. I think you should leave with Tim Robinson, Netflix show. Let's start with you, Matt. Uh, Why, just zooming out before we get into any particular sketch, what made you say to me, Dan, I've got some thoughts about this show. We can get deep on this thing. That's a great question, Dan. I think I'm going to start with this. When I first saw this show, And I first experienced what it was like to bring it to other people. I became an evangelist. Absolutely. I don't. Yes. I genuinely, it was, it's the most recent that I've felt the feeling that I felt when I was 14 in youth group, when I was trying to proselytize. (laughs) This is, this is, this is what happened. And I, what's really interesting is that. I can think of at least a few pockets where I have quite literally made disciples <laughs> in this in this world. And yeah. I like so that just that sheer joy is one of the reasons why it means so much to me and why I feel like there's something to be um excavated in it. Yeah. But on top of that, what I said earlier about the way that this particular type of comedy sort of makes a home in your brain. That aspect of it, for those of you who haven't seen the show, you might watch it and you might think that a lot of it was improv because some of it is just so off the wall. Mm-hmm. But the more you watch it, and even in the first watching, you can tell that some of the things are just so precise that it was clearly written with intent. And that is an, that is another one of those things that I think has helped its longevity. Like there, just the way that a sketch will strike you on a certain day mm-hmm. is helped by just how much um, heart and intention has been placed into even the like smallest detail. Like yeah. we, I mean, I wa- I watched it again last night with Claire, my girlfriend, and there were just little pauses, little words that made me laugh in ways that even now, years later that were different than the first time I'd seen that sketch. And I, I love that aspect about this show. I guess I'm 
uh, explaining a little bit about who I am as a person and how I got here. <laughs> but in in this very much the way that people kind of encounter scripture sometimes, <laughs> like there's yeah, like there it seems like there are parts of this show that are like canon that are like that you can kind of excavate and exegete all these different things. Um, and I, I think that's so special. There's, there's so little that I can compare it to. There probably is some real crossover in terms of the actual process of like exegesis, Mm -hmm. considering like interpretive options and stuff Mm -hmm. that, that people do that they do with sacred writings and whatnot. I feel like before we get any further though, if people have not seen the show and did not pause it to go watch it, right. like I got to play at least like some sort of a clip. Like what's a relatively representative, you know, little segment to do like from a shorter sketch that where the audio will kind of work. Cause sometimes there's obviously visual gags right. and you're not going to be able to pick that That's up. That's a good question. The one with Vanessa bear, where they're at the, the Instagram one's a good one. Okay. That one that's is, basically all audio. Yeah, that is. And it also has a, is a really good example of the, um, <laughs> like the lexicon, like the words that they use. Yeah. yeah. Insane. <laughs> like, okay. I'm yeah. going to play a little bit of this and I also have notes about this sketch. So, um, to set it up, I'm not going to play the whole beginning, but it is very, they t- tend to be quite economical on how they set it up, but there are three friends they're at a brunch. They have the waiter take a photo of them. Mm-hmm. And then two of the three girls post it on Instagram with little like at brunch with these dum-dums. Right. Self-deprecating uh, comments. Little self-deprecating. And then one says you have to do that because if you don't put a little self-deprecating, if you look cute, then it looks egotistical. And then Vanessa Bear's character, uh, former SNL alum, just goes to places that you cannot believe. And it is so great. Slapping down some pig shit with these fat fucks, and I'm the fattest of them all. If I died tomorrow, no one would shed a tear. Load my freaking lard carcass into the mud. No coffin, please. Just wet, wet mud. Bay. <laughs> Jesus, Brenda, you called me a dum dum. Right? It's like a term of endearment. Okay. All right. I got ya. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Gulping down some pig dicks with these bags of meat. Sunday fun day with these pig dicks. Hope nobody gulps us. So, are we the pig dicks or the bags of meat? Okay, let me try another one. Slurping down fish piss with these wet chodes. Total tuna cans. Put a bullet in their fucking brains and leave their wet bodies on the side of the road. Boo caught me sleeping. You're not sleeping. Okay, let me try another one. Okay. <laughs> I love... We can go on. I love... <laughs> One of the things I just noticed about this sketch that I yeah. adore is that as it, at the beginning, the two other friends are kind of explaining what she's doing wrong. Yeah. And then by the end of it, they're just critiquing the actual thing she's saying specifically. <laughs> yeah. Like you're yeah, not yeah. sleeping. Like yeah. what is all this? Like <laughs> they've, they've like, they've left the station. They're in, they're in her world now. Yeah. And that happens a lot on this show where there'd be something very absurd and it's interesting, some sketches will either, the characters will follow that absurdity, yes. like in the gift receipt uh, sketch. And then there are sketches like in the babysitting excuse sketch where they, the rest of the group doesn't follow it. Mm-hmm. And he or the character who's the sort of outsider character is just kind of left standing alone. Mm-hmm. Um, the brunch, that brunch Instagram one's good. Kristen, what what did you think when you first saw that sketch? <laughs> 
That is the first episode. That's uh, yeah, from episode I, one. Yeah. Well, at first I was like, come again. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I was still trying to figure out. I I feel like, okay, so Dan, you said something of like, this is how adults would act if they were acting like children. Like, Yeah, that, that's kind of what I think a lot of the comedy of this show is ultimately adults acting like literally like three-year-olds, like mm-hmm. young children who just have enough language kind of a thing. Yeah. And I, maybe sometimes five to seven year olds. And I would say, I don't know if that's exactly how I saw it, but I am, I'm trying for better or worse to always figure out like, what's the deal in this sketch? What's going on? And <laughs> with these girls, I, this was one where I was like, I kind of was like, all right, I'm going to let it be absurd. But it's also like the amount of creativity. Yeah. Like that you're talking about that they actually are critiquing what she's saying, like almost like fact checking her. I'm like, I'm like, oh, Uh, I'm like, that's true. It's not even lining up. Let's get it. Let's get it logical. at (laughs) least. Let's get a punch up on on that uh, joke there. Well, I will also I I'm really excited for this for you, Kristen. Oh, is just. (laughs) Like you've watched this once and in my experience of watching this show, I don't know if this is a prophecy into your life or not, but <laughs> I watched it the first time and there were a few, there were some sketches that made me laugh out loud. And then there were some sketches that just sort of passed me by that they, they were like time bombs. And then I watched it again with friends and they, they bloomed. They, they became something else. And I, I think that's one of the things that makes this show so special. Like I'm trying to think of some, like one of the other sketches in that first episode, baby of the year. Mm -hmm. Gosh, I like, that was one that made me laugh immediately, but there's a sketch, there's a sketch later in the, in that same season with Sam Richardson, where he is a robot from the future. Yeah. That comes back to get, um, Scrooge, Ebenezer Scrooge, to help yeah. fight. But from the far, far future, the Scrooge says, I've already future. met the ghost of future past. He's like, I'm the ghost of the way future. <laughs> yeah, way future Christmas. Way <laughs> future Christmas. And yeah. that, that, that didn't matter to me, and now it's one of my favorite sketches. Actually, though, what I wanted to say about this Instagram sketch is truly the amount of times I've overthought a caption is, is like kind of mimicked here and there it's not go. like that part's not fake and i actually want to hear from you guys like girls do this they're like well what do you think about this one or i'm gonna read it and get your feel for it and not just girls but a lot of times i feel like that's the circle of like okay is this caption acceptable totally. and the fact that it's so not acceptable is like hilarious <laughs> but but it pokes at reality that a lot of times people just think their even innocuous sort of caption is not acceptable and like they have to get it approved. So I wondered if you thought about that. The only caption checking I seem to do is with my wife or hers <laughs> or my own. More often she's like, Hey, you need to, you can't phrase it that way. Or like she checks my captions after the fact, then I have to go in and edit them mm. to the point that now I will run them by her. If I have the presence of mind to do so, so that I don't get, I don't get bombarded later with a, you should have done that differently. Do you do, do caption checking? Oh, I, I'm, yeah, big time caption checker. I, I relate to that very much. And that maybe that is like the initial thing that kind of struck me about this sketch. But yeah, I mean, it's, it is crazy. It's crazy that like underlying how 
it almost points out how absurd it is in general because it is kind of absurd that we have to check it so much to post something that like people post millions of across the globe a day, totally. you know, like how little it matters and how much, I mean, even going back to like the Facebook status days, well, what am I going to say for my status, you know, because mm. <laughs> it's. It's big. People are gonna people are gonna respond. You want to get that reaction, but the right reaction. No, that's a. Re- I do think that another strength of the show is the way that it can usually, for as absurd as it is, stay tethered to some piece of reality that you can relate to. Like I, the one of the sketch that popped in my head that is very much like this um, is the sketch where. He's on a date. Tim Robinson is on a date and his date is eating all the fully loaded nachos. Yes. And so he goes to the waiter and he asks the waiter to um, tell his date and him, but tell the table that there's a rule. The restaurant has a rule that you can't eat all the fully loaded nachos. And that feeling of not being able to fully communicate to the person that you're with, what you need yeah. is so real. Yeah, that's universal. Yes. Another way that the show will ground itself in reality is it is a lot of the humor is actually very existential. It's about death. It's about like human limitations. So in that brunch Instagram one, she repeats the line, if I die tomorrow, no one would shed a tear <laughs> twice. That's in two of the captions and that they are just bags of meat. I think that's in two of the captions as well. So like it's this I like that is a really kind of maximally depressing thing to say Mm -hmm. put in this sort of maximally low stakes environment of the caption on a brunch photo. And I, I, I do think that that's part of what works about the show in in the hopes that overanalyzing it doesn't like ruin it for me or anybody else. But like one of the ways that he and his writers leverage the most laughter is by kind of cranking up the dials 100%. on that stuff. So make that character even more juvenile, make that yes. line even darker and more existential and, you know, like maximally dark. Mm-hmm. And so there's that too. I agree. I I do think that especially in, again, I'm so excited for you, Kristen, but like (laughs) seasons two and three kind of crank the existential up like to another level, but another, like a sketch in season one that makes me feel that same way is the sketch where Tim Robinson arrives at a dinner party Mm -hmm. and he notices that at the head of the table is a celebrity that mat- that matters a great deal to him. Caleb Went. Caleb Went. <laughs> Who um, I think is a stand-in for like Pete Wentz of Fallout Boy. It, yeah, he, slash Tom DeLonge of Blink-182. Exactly. He, yeah. he, he loves his Angels and Archways clothing line. <laughs> he's, he's literally yes. wearing one of his belts right, <laughs> right now. now. And so now he's in the presence of this like God among men. Yeah. And he chokes. He starts choking. He yeah. starts choking, but he is so... Um, Obsessed with appearing like he yeah. is, he is okay and a part not of the be group. Embarrassed, yeah. That he is willing to choke. He's willing to die. Yeah, willing to, to not die. be embarrassed in front of Caleb. You're Wendt. literally choking to death. Yeah, yeah. And so that's like, yeah, cranking that all the way up to really be about death and you know finitude and stuff. It's 
it's kind of funny timing because we're we're preparing for the facing finitude class with Trip, but that'll probably be. I don't know when this is coming out. Maybe this will be out before that starts. For a second, I thought you were like going to say it's funny timing because we're all preparing for death. (laughs) (laughs) Really well timed. It's crazy. (laughs) Really well timed. Uh, You mentioned the baby of the year sketch as well. And I watched that again last night. Um, Let's, you know, let's get another clip in here just because it's been, it's just been a minute. So can let's we, let's can we play talk a, about Bart Harley Jarvis. Uh, yeah, we got yes. So I'm going to play the clip of the doctor talking about Bart Harley Jarvis, uh, who's so basically to set this up, Sam Richardson, he's like a talent show host, yeah. very very absurd. Three babies are competing against each other with a panel a of judges. Grueling three month process <laughs> for the 114th <laughs> annual Baby of the Year competition. <laughs> Between Michael Patrick Porkins, Mm -hmm. Taffy Lee Fubbins, (laughs) and the bad boy of the competition, Bart Harley Jarvis. And Bart Harley Jarvis, there's actually like some really clever, like kind of ableism and almost racism jokes in here. So I'm going to play the clip of the baby's pediatrician, Dr. Skull, (laughs) giving his assessment of Bart Harley Jarvis. Mr. Jarvis is one of the most aggressive babies I've ever met. He has a massive underbite and completely flat back of the head. I hope you fucking die, Harley Jarvis! Get him out of here! I'm honestly done. I I don't want to read anymore. Yeah, don't let it ruin your day, okay? You're still a great doctor. (laughs) You're still a great doctor. (laughs) You're still a great doctor. Okay, but, like, like, it's it's hard to, like, talk seriously about this funny (sighs) stuff, but, like... Under uh, underbite and flat back of the head, like Ooh. that's some that is some primal, you know, prejudice stuff right there. Phrenology. That's yeah. phrenology, or it's like even <laughs> like, yeah, like skull differences between African and European mm-hmm. humans, right? Like that. Is, he is digging into some dark, deep waters and mining it for comedy, but it it does make sense. Like for me, given my kind of existential leanings and stuff that I, that I like comedy that goes to these places, I think. Oh man. A hundred percent. Kristen, what'd you think of baby of the year? (laughs) Okay. So in my, I, in my IRL, in my real life, (laughs) um, my friends and I were watching these basically hot wheel, like model cars, uh, racing on YouTube, almost like the marble races, I guess. And okay. our friend was telling me about them and we were like, oh, that's weird, but it sounds kind of fun. Let's put it on. And then by the end, we're like cheering for these driverless cars. And yeah. I feel like there's a similarity here. The fact that baby, uh, what is it? Harvey Jarvis? Jarvis, Her- yeah. Jarvis is so polarizing and like people are incensed and like trying to kill the baby. <laughs> You're like, oh, this is crazy. But people get crazy about things that are actually, you have no, you can't understand. Like they get really, really invested. I overthink this a lot. Like, what are we, like almost in the existentialist way of like, what is meaning? Like, what are we, what are we doing out here as humans? Why do we find anything entertaining at yeah, all? Man. And so <laughs> that's, uh, that's where I go with that. Actually, I want to fall. This is a good time. We're about a half hour in. We're going to, this will be the end of the main feed part of the episode. And I'm going to try and be tantalizing here because I think that's the thread to, to pick up on 
after the break for patrons Ooh. is like this, egg, this, this sort of existential. The people have been tantalized. Well, we'll see. Uh, th- this kind of existential base, um, these questions that I do think that he and his writers are plumbing. A hundred percent. And now we're starting to get into a little bit more of you have permission territory, which makes me feel more comfortable. So uh, we will be right back and we will continue this this line of thought here. After these short messages. <laughs> I think you should leave. I think you should stick around. 